0: Today on the podcast, we have Clara Diaz-Ortiz. She is an author, speaker, and startup investor who was an early employee at Twitter, named one of the 100 most creative people in business by Fast Company and called the woman who got the Pope on Twitter by Wired. She has an MBA and other degrees from Stanford and Oxford and has been widely featured in print and broadcast media. She's an award-winning author of nine books, and we're about to talk about one more, and has those have been published in a dozen countries. Oh, yeah. She
1: is a smart cookie when it comes to social media. And she's sharing all about what the heck brand marketing versus direct marketing is and why your goal on social media should not be an immediate. Sale. We break down some mistakes that big businesses and brands have made across various platforms, how you can kind of prioritize your time and rethinking about social media and its impacts in your business, and some quick strategies for you to employ this week for you to get started growing on social.
0: Hey, Claire, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. We have two back to back (laughs) Claires. Welcome to the world of marketing. It just kind of happens like that. Well, we're excited to dive in and talk more about social media and how you need to be treating it. And I have a feeling that some of you are going about this in a way that isn't working for you what (laughs) What, 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 what
2: stop the presses right (laughs) i know
0: and so how can we make some tweaks so that it does start to be more effective you get more traction but i think it comes down to this model which i'm interested to hear what you have your take on this because when i see these words I'm not really sure what you mean. And so I'm excited to dive in. But I say that because I think we all have our own perception around. Okay. So it's brand marketing versus direct marketing. Uh Uh What does brand mean to you? And what does direct mean to you? And
2: totally all of those things. Because there's a lot of preconceived (laughs) notions around those words. Okay. Okay. So let me kind of give you, can I give you kind of a background story to, to get us into this? All right. So the main reason I wrote this book, Social Media Success for Every Brand, is that after I left Twitter, I worked at Twitter for a number of years, and I started doing digital media consulting, I kept running into a version of the story I'm about to tell you. So one time, a few years ago, I had this client... And they hired me to basically relaunch their kind of failed startup, right? They'd done an initial marketing plan and an initial marketing launch, and it hadn't really worked, and they weren't really moving any needles anywhere, and they didn't know what to do, so they hired me to come in. So I spent a few months on this pretty intense marketing plan of how we were going to use digital media and social media in particular to really you know, blow this thing out of the water. And we get ready for our big kind of meeting where we're going to talk through this, you know, 40-some page proposal. And as soon as we sit down, it becomes pretty clear to me that these guys haven't really read much of my proposal. Right. So I start, I start saying things like, so, you know, let's look at point six on page 19. And they're kind of like, oh, let's do that in Q3 or, you know, or we don't have the budget for that quite yet, this kind of stuff. And so the meeting kind of limps along like that. And then eventually one of the co-founders kind of sits up in his chair and he's about to clearly make his big point. And he says, you know, Claire, I just think if you could get us, if you could get Mark Cuban to tweet about us, we would go viral and we would blow up. Oh, my lanta. Yes. And and the reality is I have a lot of followers on Twitter. I've gone viral myself for once live tweeting my daughter's birth, which it turned out was a terrible idea. So like, it wasn't a <laughs> completely unrealistic request, but it was sure. a completely ridiculous idea in terms of long-term marketing for their brand. It would have done... Absolutely nothing. And so I just kept seeing this so much with the companies that I was really with the startups and small businesses I was working with that I said, you know, we've got to kind of like nip this in the bud now so that people understand what social media marketing is and what it isn't. And to me, it's really all about kind of the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing or direct sales.
1: Well, and we see that with our own students and audience who, Hmm. after kind of Chugging away at social, being in business for a hot minute, really <laughs> putting their eggs in in the hopeful basket of, oh, if and we have those same kind of key players in our business, right? If I can just get on Smart Passive Income Podcast, it'll really blow totally. My business. Totally. Pot Plans gonna make my life. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I could just be an affiliate for this program, it would really change my life. If this you know, influencer account would share my product on their Instagram screens, it would really change my life. And I think we put not only a lot of time and energy into trying to make those things happen, even though we're not really getting anywhere close to making those things happen, but we convince ourselves that when, when they do, it will truly be our tipping point for success.
0: Well, Talk- and, and the, the problem though, is like, mm-hmm. I know businesses that have done those things, not mm-hmm. necessarily those specific things, but like, right. say they get their product on the today show, they might have a blip and sales that lasts literally four days and then vanishes off the face of the earth. So like, how are we building a marketing plan that's going to help us grow over the long term rather than, I mean, blitz marketing can be effective, but it's very short lived and people forget about it. So what can we do that's going to have a lasting effect?
2: So, yeah, I would say, in the examples where you have seen viral marketing actually work, the reason it has worked, and by viral marketing, I mean someone going viral, the reason it has actually worked in a long-term sustainable way is because someone was already using social media as brand marketing, and they already had what I call the engagement ladder in place. So we can kind of talk about what this is. But basically, the difference between brand marketing and direct marketing is, in my view, <laughs> brand marketing is about building a community and building engagement around your brand and building awareness right? And direct marketing is actually selling something. So making that direct sale. And the big problem with social media is you see many, many brands think that social media is just like a teeny tiny billboard on the side of the highway. And you can just put your sales message out all the time. And then if people aren't buying, then it means that social media isn't working, right? And instead of that, I see social media as a place to grow brand awareness grow engagement and then move people up that engagement ladder. So maybe, you know, the bottom of the ladder say is getting someone to maybe follow you on social on a social media platform because you have piqued their interest by being an interesting account with valuable content. The next step up that ladder might be someone engaging with you on social media. The next step up that ladder might be someone clicking on your profile link and actually going to your actual website, right? Maybe the next step up the ladder is join your email newsletter list. And so you can keep going up until you're at the top of that ladder and all of a sudden you have a customer who's buying and then recommending you to friends. But it is a ladder. so but Claire, that takes time and work and mm-hmm. it's not as sexy. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And so that's why everyone just wants to skip the rungs of the ladder and end up at the top and be viral for four days. And then the next day, you're not viral anymore and someone else is. I tell the story in the book of how I went viral for something having nothing to do with business. I live tweeted my first kid's birth went totally viral. And it was just like this amazing example of how you can have the whole world tweeting about you. You can be on like the cover of yahoo.com and then literally the next day, the person who goes viral is the Christian girl who says she's never going to wear leggings again for religious reasons. Do you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> I was completely forgotten. And that's, that's the thing with yeah. going viral.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not a sustainable business model. Yet I think subconsciously, it's the thing that all of us are using social media for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we start to change up our habits? And when talk to us a little bit more about this ladder, I guess, and how we can actually implement that into our business. Sure.
2: So I think the first thing to kind of think about when you think about how you can kind of get people to initially engage with you and initially jump on to that engagement ladder with you is to kind of think about when you what, what your quote-unquote goals are if you go to a cocktail party. Because I think social media is kind of like a cocktail party, right? So If I go to a cocktail party, my main goal is to probably get a Negroni, number one, my favorite drink. And number two, maybe find a connection with someone that maybe we can follow up with at a later date because we have some type of mutual interest, right? So... My goal at a cocktail party is not to rush up to my ex-boyfriend's mother's best friend's former roommate and try to like shove my favorite healing essential oil in their face and then ask them to buy it from me, right? It's funny because
0: it's true oh, and it happens totally, all the time.
2: Totally MLM forever. <laughs> totally, totally. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And so we know that you don't want to be like that girl at the, co- at the cocktail party. But on social media, we don't really realize that being that girl really doesn't work. And so the first big thing is to think about, okay, how can you be a great cocktail party person, guest or person to chat with? It's, you know, to listen to other people, to provide value, to create kind of the, the sparks of a connection, if you pique each other's interest, and then to follow up at a later date. And so it's all about kind of, that
0: well and i think if you think about it more of a as a if it would be awkward for you to do <laughs> these things in front of someone else why is it okay for you to do it on social media Absolutely. like if you're not like so s- say for instance you want to have like a point like you you want you want to like go after a subject matter but in in person like you would never bring this up. Like, why are you going under the guise that that's okay on social? Or or the opposite of like, maybe you're a super like enthusiast for this particular area, whether that's business related or not. And then you never bring it up on social when that's all you would talk about in person. I Mm -hmm. don't know. I just feel like you need to be the same person in both places. Mm -hmm. And not that you can't occasionally have like those direct sales messages, but they have to make sense. Like they can't just be
2: yelling at someone Absolutely. or billboard-like, you know? Absolutely. And I think a lot of us feel these days that we're getting yelled at a heck of a lot on social media. And then on the brand side, you yell at people and you wonder why they're not responding, right? hmm mm-hmm.
1: Well, and also I think it, it makes the myth of overnight success become... Reality for what people believe to be true when looking at other people's businesses. I think we forget the ladders that other people are building and the content and the way that they're showing up in so many different places or so many different ways. And then we see their business start to take off or succeed, even if it's not viral. And we convince ourselves that like, oh, well, they just started talking about their earring, bracelet, webinar, oil, lotion, shirt thing. And that's what I need to be doing to see that exact same success.
2: Totally, totally. It's the the squirrel look squirrel problem. I think most people think that the social media platforms, each of the big sort of four platforms we say, are more similar than they are. And so one of the things I really tell people to do in this book is I have this evaluation that really walks you through which platform is your priority platform and where you should really be spending your time. Because that's another huge huge kind of mistake I see people make on social media all the time is being on the wrong platform for their business or wondering why, you know, let's say as a mommy blogger why or sorry, let's say as a as someone who sells some sort of parenting consumer item, wondering why Twitter isn't working better for them, right? And, you know, (laughs) for for me, it's rather, it's it's obvious just because I've been steeped in this stuff for so many years, but for a lot of people, it isn't. And, you know, I'll be on LinkedIn and then by the same token, you know, see see someone trying to, you know, again, sell that same type of product on LinkedIn and it's just not the place for that. And so understanding where you're going to get the most bang for your buck in terms of those four The big four platforms, we call them, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is really, really also important. Mm -hmm.
1: Can you talk to me? I saw this meme or post on Instagram the other day, and I would love your take on it just as being someone who is in the social media marketing world as much as you are. Let me see if I can find it because it's, of course, gone from my stories now, but I think I saved it. A thing that I'm seeing a lot of people say and believe is how social media makes them feel as they are browsing, scrolling, liking, commenting, comparing... But what I love geeking out about social media is truly the marketing capabilities that it can have for business owners. And I have been able to separate what can Instagram do for me and my business and my brand versus how does it make me feel as a person? But our audience specifically, and I think a lot of people deal with this is it's very difficult for them to separate how social media makes them feel using it and how, what social media can do for their business. So have you found any tactics in the brands and companies that you've worked with as they've kind of navigated this same role? Yeah. So
2: I think that's a super interesting question. I'm really into kind of this whole idea of what I call digital resilience, because I think we've just entered complete social media overload, complete you know, digital media overload. And we're, we're starting to see a lot of, you know, studies coming out showing what kind of effects that it has in terms of our focus and increased increased risk of ADHD and obviously what that means for kids and all kinds of stuff. So I think that probably the the best advice out there that I've gotten from the people who know it well is that if you want to have a business today. Well, this is the advice I would provide. If you want to have a business today, you pretty much have to be on social media simply because social media is the most ubiquitous and the least expensive way that you can market your business. And so if you want to have a business that you want to market to someone so that they can presumably buy your product or service, then you do need to be on social media. Now, that being said... Whether or not you as a person are going to put individual limits around how much time you spend on those platforms is kind of a personal decision. And it's about developing, as I say, kind of digital resilience. And so I think those are sort of personal resilience strategies that I think have to do a lot of times with time blocking, a lot of times with, you know, curating your feed to make sure you're seeing positive things, positive to you. So you know, I'll give an example. There are some individuals that I've had to kind of take out of my Instagram feed, just because I know that it kind of immediately sends me into this sort of compare and despair type of spiral. At the same time, I'm a huge slow fashion lover. So for me, all the fun, slow fashion content that I follow, and also all the fun tiny house content I follow is really uplifting. So kind Uh, of like figuring out what what makes you kind of light up and what makes you, you know, go dark and want to cry and turn off all the lights <laughs> is important. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously that means that I am following some consumer brands that I really care about and that I really feel good about buying from. And yeah, so hopefully you can be that brand for someone.
0: Do you feel like you limit your consumption versus your creation so that you
2: are, that you can show up in a better way? Or does or not necessarily? Absolutely. I would say I, I do limit my creation, though, to a certain extent, simply because, you know, everyone has sort of time limits in terms of their business. But more than that, we see that your followers can't be there all the time, right? And so I think it's better to have less content, higher quality content, less of the time which is something that has really been also a shift with a lot of the big platforms algorithms. So I have a large following on LinkedIn and LinkedIn's a great example of this. In the last, about a few years ago, you could really get lots of traction by posting many, many times a day on LinkedIn. Whereas, well, I guess it was the same actually on Facebook, right? And then Facebook and LinkedIn in the last couple of years have really, really changed that such that, you know, by posting too much, you're getting less engagement and you are automatically being shown less to your followers. Which makes a heck of a lot of sense when you understand why engagement matters so much.
0: So for our goal is to create higher quality content, not necessarily more, but just higher quality, what are the things we should be focusing on? Because I feel like often that turns into, well, I need more professional shot videos, or I need to look a certain way, or polished a certain way. So like, what is your definition of higher
2: quality? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because yeah, I can see how that sounds confusing. So for example, I have a friend who I, the shorter answer is I believe higher quality is all about what most resonates with your followers. So as an example, I have a friend who has almost 2 million followers on LinkedIn and she was telling me recently that, you know, she used to really concentrate on long form blog posts on LinkedIn. But then she realized sort of in her own business that she was spending so much time on those long form blog posts that she wasn't really getting them out very frequently and she wasn't really hearing back from her followers very much. So she kind of changed up her strategy and now she's, you know, just doing posts, right? So maybe a couple hundred word posts when she feels like she has, you know, an important thought she wants to share. And sometimes she actually matches that with selfies, that kind of thing. And she's seen incredible engagement. And I feel like that's such a good example of that because these posts are actually taking her significantly less time. And you might think objectively they're lower quality, but what they're doing is they're tapping in more to what her followers actually care about. So I think that's one of the reasons why... Something that is so important with any social media platform you use is, you know, we talk about not pushing out your sales message all day. But one of the big reasons for that is because you really want to be providing value 80% of the time, because providing value lets you see what your followers actually care about. So if I'm, you know, let's say, I run some type of nonprofit organization that, you know, helps um, young moms, right? Find community or something. And I'm sending out lots of statistics and articles about these things. But I'm also sending out maybe some some pictures of young moms and maybe some quotes about hard stuff moms are going through. You know, I'm sending out lots of different types of values so that I can see what the people who are, you know, giving to my nonprofit or or being held to a nonprofit are actually resonating with. So I think that's really, really key. The more you create content that your followers care about, the more likely you are to, you know, have greater engagement and for people to look to you as kind of a leader in the space.
0: Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial.
1: Yeah, we saw a very similar example of that in our own business where for, you know, two years About, we were using Instagram and had mostly like 99% professional shot images, like on a DSLR, edited. Some of them were graphics, flat lays, and those worked really well when they were really popular on social. But we saw that the engagement started to drastically decrease on that, and the, the conversation around those started to shift. And so, better or higher quality content for us was using less polished, staged stock images and instead like did a boomerang on our phone and posted that to the feed and just tried on different things. And so I think marketing just like with anything else, but specifically Instagram, if we're going to tackle that goes through seasonal changes is just like everything else. And what's working for the platform right now, isn't what's going to be working for the platform in five years. Like it just isn't. And so staying on top of that and not telling ourselves the story that when those things change, it doesn't have any effect Or it's not because of us. It's not because of our audience, not because of what we're selling. It's not because of our skill set. It's just, it's literally how marketing works. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So talk to us a little bit about some more of the the overarching share model that we have in in your book in general. And, And what are the benefits of everything that you're kind of walking people through in that?
2: Sure. So the book is really organized around something I call the share model, which is based off this acronym SHARE, which stands for story, how audience reach and excellence. And it's basically a five step plan to to excel on social media. So let me just kind of go through Uh, super briefly in each of these steps to kind of give an overview. So the first step of the share model is story. And the idea here is that you need to know your brand story. And I believe the the best way to get that is to use StoryBrand, which is this amazing marketing company that I partnered with in writing this book. And they have a process you can go through to understand and clarify your story. And we look at that in the first chapter of the book. But more or less what it is, is about coming up with your you know really powerful one liner about what you do and making sure that that powerful one liner is really about your customer and not about your business so that's kind of the first step is getting your story down the next step in the share model is H is for how, which is learning the practical logistics of how to how to post. <laughs> and I think the most important thing to remember about this step is to go and take that social media evaluation that I have in the book because I cannot tell you how many small businesses I see that, um, you know, they're just trying to be everywhere on social media and they're not anywhere as a result. The platforms, the big four platforms and some of the other ones like, you know, Pinterest and YouTube, of course, are really different. And depending on what your business is and what your individual strengths are, or maybe the strengths of your small team, if you have one, you're going to have really different results on different platforms. So you want to figure out your priority platform and double down on that. The, the third step of the share model is all about audience. And you know this is all about understanding that your social media marketing should be about your audience and not about your brand. And so this gets back to that thing we mentioned of trying to give value 80% of the time, because giving value is, is ultimately setting you up to, to really listen, to hear what your followers care about, and to then be able to engage better with them. The, the fourth step in the share model is reach. And this is all about actually amplifying your brand on social media because that is really one of the biggest benefits of social media is that this, you know, it's this incredibly, it's the most ubiquitous and the least expensive marketing tool out there. And it really helps you expand your reach. One of the things I like to say is, you know, I worked for many years at Twitter and I would, particularly when I was working a lot with nonprofits there, I would hear again and again from nonprofits who said that, you know, the thing that was most effective to them about Twitter over the years was their ability to somehow reach out to some type of influencer, you know, either Oprah or, or a smaller level influencer in their niche, and some of the time get positive responses that some of the time would then lead to a transformation in their nonprofit. And the case is 100% true for businesses as well. And then the, the final step in, in the share bottle is all about excellence. It's about fine tuning your social media marketing efforts. And I think the most important thing to remember here is that social media platforms are for, you know, the most part real-time information networks and although we as brands may be scheduling content, you really need to have some type of regular presence at least on your priority platform so that You don't make a big mistake and, you know, tweet out some great coupon code the day of some horrible hurricane in your area. And also Mm -hmm. so that you can also Mm -hmm. totally, I mean, right. Some of the worst stories. (laughs) And then also just so that you can be really responsive to what your followers actually care about, whether it's, you know, a massive tragic hurricane or not. Yeah. I think
1: you know and it's all about creating boundaries and systems when you're when you're getting into the nitty-gritty of how do you stay on top of that but truly like even as our business has shifted when we've taken back over the reins or just been more present in our DMs or stories or whatever the impact of our growth yes is great but the impact of how connected we then feel to our audience on what they actually need and are saying and wanting is is priceless. And so I think so often we like put the pressure on ourselves about how much time that takes and, and scheduling and what am I saying and everything. But truly like those are just the nuances of that particular platform, but it's a marketing effort that is helping your business grow because you're taking the time to connect with your audience. Like it is just, it's part of business. Like it's not. It's part of business. <laughs> that's it. That's it, it all. It reminds
2: I mean. me, I was just listening to a podcast episode with, it's the Dri- the Driven Podcast. Is that what it's called? With Cassie Joy Garcia and Diane Sanfilippo. And Cassie Joy was saying something similar about how, you know, if you have a business, you're trying to sell something online, you need to be on social media. And then she was kind of sharing how, you know, people always ask her about how does she manage her time in terms of it. And one of the big things she says was she really prioritizes, you know, she has a large Instagram community and prioritizing responding to people in her DMs, you know, for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening is something super important to her. I, my community is LinkedIn and Twitter, but I do the same things there, right? And and time blocking is something that helps you to to do that more effectively. But you know, the point is, if if you're if you're trying to build a business online, and if you're selling products or services based on a website, you you need to be on social media. And so, yeah, you don't have to drive yourself crazy doing it, but that does need to be part of your marketing strategy, and it should be a pretty critical totally. part of it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we often get. <laughs> Distracted with what other people are doing and how they're showing up on certain platforms, and we we feel like if we're not matching them, even though our they're our competitor, like that we're failing or like you specifically saying Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm like I don't even relate, which is funny. Uh, No desire, (laughs) um, but you could be blowing up over there, and I literally have no idea because my world is different. And that's great. Like that's the power that you have. If you listen to like where it makes sense for you to be like, you're in this startup world. I'm from what I can tell. And that's definitely a little more, I don't know. It's just different, which is fine. I think you have to show up in the way that makes sense for who you're talking to. And that's exactly what you keep reiterating. And it also like showing up as yourself without trying to be all the other things. So I don't know. I think this is all going back to the same stuff we keep saying over and over again, (laughs) but I'm just wondering where's the line of like, how does that actually help us see traction? Like if we're not posting all the time, And we're posting higher quality but less quantity and we're trying to have more brand messaging. Like when does sales come at play? Or like how would you introduce a sales kind of pitch into what you're doing so that it's not just all brand building all the time?
2: Right. So, I mean, one of the things I really walk through in the book, Social Media Success for Every Brand, is helping people set up basically editorial calendars and then schedules that that work for them and that work based on the bandwidth they have. And so, as a part of of any of those calendars and schedules, what you're going to see is I'm recommending, you know, 80% of the time you're basically delivering value and trying to build your brand which is similar to what I say, opening the the story loop. So you're bringing people into your story by making it about them and you're connecting. And then 20% of the time, you're really closing that story loop, right? You're getting someone to the top of that engagement ladder and you're saying, hey, buy this thing, or hey, here's the call to action today is to go sign up for my email newsletter. You know, the calls to action you have can vary and the means by which you send them out should also vary so that you can test what works over time. You know, a call to action with a selfie, a call to action that's in the form of, you know, a podcast episode or a blog post. Vary it up to see what works. But you're going to have to make, you know, closing that story loop and making that call to action part of your part of your strategy, and twenty percent of the time you've got to be doing that. You know, I it's funny I did an interview with someone, an interview on LinkedIn about the book when the book came out, and you know it's this really large account on LinkedIn. They have tons of small business owners. They run this huge conference each year. All this stuff, and I was I was walking through this and saying, you know, twenty percent of the time you really be call, you got to be calling people to action, and he was just laughing and saying. I never call people to action, right? And he has this massive, massive community and it's just hysterical. And, you know, he's 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 obviously making money. He's getting the sponsorship she needs, all that kind of stuff, but he's doing that without calling people to action. You're kind of like, well, okay. <laughs> like, Imagine. Well, no, 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 <laughs> right? Like you've got to, you know, you're here to sell, right? I mean, this isn't yeah. just about delivering free content forever and ever and ever until the cows come home. It's also about, you know, growing your business. So mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that we don't want to, you know, be... Um, look like we're, we're too generous
0: and we're Mm -hmm. just giving away the part all the time. Well, I think it's hard to find what the balance is because Uh I think we, we've gone all like all the way down to what you're talking about, where it's just like value, value, value. And then people are like, what do you sell? Like, and we've been there and that was mostly in our early stages of business. But now I feel like not that it's always marketing, a pitch but like there's always a call to action call to like action. it's go listen to the podcast or go do this or say this or comment this or what and i'm like i i have a hard t- what's the I, I the have a hard content? time not getting them to yeah. do something because i want people to constantly be taking action like in a positive but way. is that the
2: same case in your i mean you guys are talking a lot about instagram is that the same case in your stories and in your instagram stories
0: probably more than it should be. It depends, It depends. I don't know. We've kind of gone all over the place and I think this is where we're kind of at an interesting crossroads personally, like in our business because we have, I feel like done a really good job of building a community and like getting people engaged and uh, getting people on board. And then there was somewhere along the lines where we got, I don't know if it was bored or overwhelmed or whatever. But we just started focusing more on the business and less on the social side. And so because of that, our personal brands, if you were just to look at engagement, are much more engaged on Instagram specifically because we're just sharing just content just because there's not value. there's less calls to
2: action I suppose well so you've identified like a major hack that a lot of people have found which is basically and, and this works honestly across all the big four social media platforms which is if you're worried you're asking for you know if you're worried you're sending out too many calls to action one of the ways you can immediately hack that is start sending out more personal content at the same time to vary things up because that just increases the like value you're it doesn't take away from the calls to action but it just increases Increases the value you're shoving because you see incredible engagement on a lot of that personal stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is our own conundrum because we've done it with our own individual personal brands, but within Boss Project, we both run that account, and so it's like here's something personal about Abby, and then here's me, and then like it's a it feel has felt disconnected and weird for us for so long which I mean, I'm sure we're just, uh, and it's not that it's not,
0: it's not that it's not working either, which right. is the hard right. part. It's like, it's not really an indication of how well a business does. I know plenty of people with 2000 followers that are making, you know, per- personal incomes of over 150,000 a year or more. And so like, it's how many followers you have and how strong your engagement is, like has really no bearing on how much money you, are capable of making. But also if you work on it, it can Mm -hmm. enhance it. So I don't know. I just, it's a balance of where's the line of spending too much time on social versus all the other aspects of your business. What do you find is your personal balance? Like you wrote a book and you're on two major platforms. I mean, I'm sure you're showing up in other places too, but
2: how do you balance your time? So, I mean, for me, honestly, like I, I try to, you know, be one person. One person is the brand, that kind of thing. Obviously, we all try to do that to some extent. But the reality, and I, you know, say this very clearly in my Instagram, the profile, you know, on Instagram, I, I revel in the underbelly because Instagram is comp- so much more of my personal life and just so much more of kind of the ridiculous stuff that happens in the life of, of being a human on this completely absurd planet. And I think that, you know, right about now, I have a book that just came out a couple weeks ago. So you see a lot more promotional stuff there, but that's not, you know, on a daily basis at all throughout most years, most days of most months, most years it's it's really just all personal. And so I think that's fun for me because I can, you know, send out my email newsletter and you know my email newsletter I can have, you know, one link to something random and personal that happened in Instagram, but then the rest of it can be more business focused. And I think it allows the people who who want to see some of that to 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 see that. But I mean I am, you know, on a lot of social media platforms. So if you're gonna be on one, what you could do to integrate that and you know I know probably tons of tons of your tribes on Instagram is to really start thinking about Instagram stories as a great way to just insert some just like fun value content, whatever that might be. That isn't asking people for stuff. I mean, Instagram stories are just like blowing up. I guess, like, I was doing some interviews saying that people are watching less TV now because they're just on Instagram stories watching twenty-seven videos in a row. No, but for real stuff. though,
0: for real.
2: I do watch for less TV. And
0: the funny yeah? thing is, I can sit on the couch next to my husband who's doing the same thing in the other corner. It's like. The yeah, like out. we're both on stories totally. with Netflix in the background.
2: <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, I know I, I forget which one of you it is that loves The Bachelorette. I love the and The Bachelor, obviously, also. But That's you know, it, something actually. like that, <laughs> including that more in your stories, just random stuff yeah. like that, just to like give people more personality, is I think really fun. And there's a there's an example I mentioned in the book, which is. A, another friend who's another huge influencer on LinkedIn, you know, like 3 million followers, that kind of thing. And one of his most successful posts of all time was a random picture of like a selfie of his family at Thanksgiving, right? And it's totally understandable when you just think for five seconds why that is. And that's because he posts so much business yeah. content that all of a sudden someone's seeing... Something personal is like, oh wow, Marshall, has a it. family and he's also celebrating yeah. Thanksgiving, you
0: know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah. that touches me. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. And I, I think that's important. Is like if we can just all step back, take ourselves a little less seriously. There's I don't know, is there any wrong content? Like, is there something you would not post? Like what's what? too personal? Or what's oh, too, too personal? Or oh. too salesy. Or too, I don't know. I just wanna like
2: uh, I don't want I don't want you to sell all the time, but we've covered that. I just think that doesn't yeah. work. That makes people start unfollowing you and muting you and blocking you. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite people to follow are super TMI people, but I mean they are always running the risk. I mean, of I don't know if I trouble.
0: should ask someone. <laughs> I don't know if I should ask someone who live tweeted their birth. Well, that's the thing, right? Like who am
2: I to judge? Exactly. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm full of terrible social media ideas, whatever. Do it. What yeah.
1: I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier is you have to put out content that, you know, your audience resonates and sure. likes like I, like, from what I you know find TMI might be different than
2: what your audience finds, right as TMI. You know what I mean? So I, here, I will give you a specific bad example though. Sure. there is yes. someone I follow, and last week, and this individual shares a lot of very TMI content on Twitter that is very funny to read. And last week, though, they sent out a tweet asking why. Homeless people all smell the same. And I Ooh. thought that was extremely offensive and super borderline. Yay. And it Ooh. was, I checked the next day and it looked like it had been removed. But so I th- think that's bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we're, we're not aware of yes. what we're saying yes. um, and how it affects other people. Yeah. I think any of the... the PC or just being a nice human content. i nice definitely
2: content. seen yeah. people yeah. um, mess up for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it doesn't yeah. mean you can't redeem yourself from it, but it is something you should sure. always think about. I mean, social media isn't just you talking to your best friend who is right. not screenshotting things and then sending them to like mm-hmm. the Department of Justice mm-hmm. or something when you became a senator. You and, know what I mean? So yep. you need to be careful.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. I love that. I love this. I felt like a new refreshing take on, you know, conversations about social media. So let's go ahead and head into talk strategy to me. And if there's just a couple of action steps that you want our listeners thinking about right now to kind of implement this week on a platform of their choice so they can start really be thinking about growing a brand and building that ladder on social instead of always direct selling?
2: So three simple tips. Number one, you got to figure out what your priority platform is. I've got an evaluation in the book, social media success for every brand, or you could also just kind of hack it and think about it. But you've got to figure out what that priority platform is for both you as an individual, but more importantly, for your followers and potential customers. And then you got to focus on that platform. Number two, your priority should always be your existing followers. So you always want to prioritize your existing followers over new followers. And the reason for that is that your existing, creating engagement with your existing followers is actually going to give you a bigger boost and greater reach on any platform you choose. No matter how many times, you know, Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn change their algorithms, they're always going to favor accounts that have more engagement. And the way you get more engagement is by focusing on your existing followers. Tip number three is to give 80% of the time. So think of the 80, 20 rule, give value and content 80, 80% of the time. And then 20% of the time, call folks to action, call people to action with different calls to action, you know, maybe download some ebook or, you know, click on your website or buy something, whatever the call to action might be, but don't be calling people to action all the time. People are just going to mute you and not be interested.
1: I love that. Well, Let people know where they can learn from you, where you are hanging out online, and how they can snag a copy of your
2: book. Okay. So I'm online at Twitter. I'm at Claire. My website is ClaireDiazOrtiz.com, where you can find the book. You can also find the book anywhere on Amazon. And as a final idea, we've set up this free five-part video course that you can get at SocialMediaMadeSimple.com. And it'll walk you through a bunch of the concepts of the book. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Claire. Yep.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Really fun.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation.